Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. I have Andrea today, and we just got done at the first She's Hand Ranch Camp, and I am so excited to kind of debrief and discuss what Andrea thought. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I feel like I just saw you, so it's fun to catch up again. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Why don't you just give a little bit of background for anyone who doesn't follow you, and then we'll dive right into ranch camp. Absolutely. So I am a fifth generation farmer in Southwest Minnesota. Uh, Cows are my favorite thing in the entire world. I love them more than life. Calving season is my favorite season. Like it's not fall, spring or anything. It's calving season. Um, And then we also do row crops. So I'm learning more about that. But other than that, I am an entrepreneur and that's my, that's where Carolyn and I get along because that's what we do for our crazy business ideas. And then I share online, advocate for agriculture, own an online boutique with my best friend, do all kinds of crazy stuff always doing something, but cows, fitness, that's really me in a nutshell right there. You were the perfect fit to come to ranch camp and you just spent five days in Montana, I believe, if I'm counting correctly. And why don't you tell us kind of in your own words, what ranch camp is now that you've experienced it? Right. Because it's one thing, like when we had the conversation, I was like, this could be something incredible. And I was really excited about the idea in general. When I first heard Caroline talk about it, And being there for the first one, obviously, like we had to figure some things out, figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work. But it literally, we saw women transform in front of our eyes. I just um, talked about this with my mom, actually, because she asked about it. But there were women of all different like stages of what I'm calling like their livestock cattle journey. And we'd watch them the first day, you know, be a little more timid or not confident in what they were doing, you know, very hesitant. And the last day when we were like working calves and doing whatever, it was like, this well-oiled machine of women that you would have never known had never done most of those things in their life. So they came in looking for that confidence, looking for that clarity and what they really kind of, you know, want to do on their operation and to be able to take that back. And I mean, cattle went through the shoot. They got let out the head gate too early. You know, things like that happened. We had little mistakes, but there was no stress. There was no timeline. There was no, we have to have this done X, Y, Z. We can't make mistakes. So it was the perfect environment for women to learn and gain that confidence in the ranch skills to take back to their operation. And we literally saw them transform. It was amazing to be there. I was explaining to someone today too who asked about it and I was like, I can't even really describe it. Like this was a dream that we had about bringing women to the ranch and doing hands-on, you know, I think kind of the first hands-on opportunity really out there that I know of and really allowing them to make mistakes, allowing them to find where they fit and to really experience like real work, not in like a dude ranch sense, but this is like real hands-on. We got to get stuff done. And yeah, it was fascinating. I mean, even in the photos, we were going through the photos today, like the women look like two different people in four days. It was crazy. I mean, like it's coming in, obviously I have experience in everything besides branding and like roping cattle because we live in, you know, crop country. So for me, that was awesome. But, you know, when you're around people, because I've been around people that, you know, don't have experience and they're very hesitant. And that's how like day one was. And then we'd start doing more things and we'd have to like give them that confidence boost and like, just go do it. And I needed it myself from Caroline a few times. You were like, just go set ropes, do what you got to do. But watching like it just click like in their head all of a sudden, like they were faster than I was in certain things. And they figured out like what they really like to do and kind of what is something they don't enjoy, which I think is great. Cause sometimes, you know, a lot of the time, not sometimes, we get stuck in XYZ role because we get put there. So now these women have done all of these things and they can go home and say, I don't like doing this, but I love, you know, doing XYZ, whatever it is. I think that's magical because otherwise, like I always do the head gate. So now I know like what the bud box is like. I know what actually how to set ropes for my husband. I feel like I actually feel like a hand now. So that itself is, I mean, if I got something out of it, 
the women that had minimal experience, I know they've grown tremendously. It was really cool to watch women like settle into a role that they felt comfortable with. And for them to even say like, if I come into a a situation, like I can do everything, but here's where I'd want to be. But if they need someone to do this, I can do it. And it's almost like they removed their self-doubt. And one of the things that I think you talked a little bit about, and we heard several other women is the very first day, and we'll go through each day, but the very first day when there were some mistakes, I mean, there was obviously we make mistakes working cattle when it's just our family, right? And we do this all the time, but they immediately thought that there was going to be some consequence. And several times people would say like, I thought I was going to get yelled at. I thought I'd have to like not run the shoot anymore. And I think that was really healing for people to be like, no, this is why we're here. This is what the whole situation is about is if you don't make mistakes, you're actually not really trying. So make the mistakes, settle in, catch the next calf. Like nothing is irreversible. So just, just practice. And that's what we really saw. It's great because I I looked at you after the first one. There was like two in a row or something that got out of the head gate. And I was like flinching, ready for like there to be some sort of like anger out of somebody. Because that's how, you know, I was around raising cattle. That's how a lot of places I've been to are. It gets to be high stress. And it doesn't need to be. So, you know, if it would have been like that for some of these women, it would not have gone well. But there wasn't any pressure. There wasn't any like, oh, we have to go like fix this immediately. It was, hey, let's go sort them out when we're done with the rest of them. It was great. Let's talk a little bit about each day, and it seems like it just happened, but talk a little bit about what happened on day one and kind of what your thoughts were on how we set up and met the women and all of that. So day one was probably like, what, a half day? We rolled in. We kind of got some like show up at the airport, meet your new friends, adventure around. So it was pretty low key. Uh, We got to go sightsee. I had never been to Montana Um, So I love that. And it was very casual. And also like none of us knew anybody. So we were all in this same zone of like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to get in this vehicle with you and drive around. So it was like a very level playing ground. Got to adventure around. And then we went back. We had dinner at the cabins and really just got to like connect, introduce one another, kind of talk about what kind of what we were like looking to get out of everything. And we wanted to work on a little bit and just connect in a way that wasn't like we have a schedule X, Y, Z to do and meet the team. Obviously, like being able to meet everyone from the Cattleman U team and the K-Rose team that was there. I loved that. And it just kind of let us have that, get our comfortability in there, I guess, if that's a word, before we got into the work on the next day. We really wanted to create a day one opportunity where women could come and get really comfortable. And sometimes I fly into places for conferences and there's zero time to explore. And we live in Southwest Montana, which obviously Bozeman is like a huge tourist destination. There are great things. And so I wanted to give some freedom and some flexibility to being able to come in and see the sites and look at the mountains and all that. And then when we got to the cabin, it was really interesting because we asked everyone what they wanted to learn. And it was almost like people didn't know what they didn't know. Like compared to what they said they were so glad they learned, it's like every day they were like, oh, and now this, and now this. And it was like the first day almost, I mean, they just, we didn't really know what was coming. And so I think it was hard to put into words. This is exactly what I want to learn. And that was one of my favorite parts about like actually getting hands on is they started to realize more things they wanted to learn. And we were able to build on that day after day, but day one, we really wanted to keep it low key and just make everyone feel really welcome and comfortable. And the range of experience was, I mean, we had a huge range. And people ask that all the time who are interested in ranch camp. And I'm like, there are people who have never worked cattle before and whose job is to work cattle and everywhere in between. And so everyone is very welcome. And there is not really like an expected experience level. Um, And I think that really helps for everyone to kind of meet each other and get settled in. So that was a quick, easy day one. And then day two, We started out with some goal setting in the morning, which I know you're an Enneagram 8, so goal setting is not lost on you, but I still think it was an important piece. I think so too. And I mean, I goal set and then I like forget to for a while and then I goal set. 
But even one of the girls, she is a, a mom and she's, you know, navigating all of that. But we talked about brain dumping and I'm, I really hope she takes it and runs with it because it's changed my life. I know Caroline brain dumps every single morning. I do it all the time, but just to like get those ideas out and then know like you can have your actual to-do list and versus, you know, your one year brain's like, I need to do all of these millions of things and break down all of it. So I think that was great. And we talked about, you know, like goal setting on things other than the operation because you have to take care of yourself. So a lot of us are doing like health goals, marriage goals, you know, financial goals in addition to operation goals. Um, Cause you have to fill up your own cup. We talked about that a lot, but it was good just to actually like make them sit down and do the hard. Cause a lot of them struggled. They were like, it's hard for me to think of goals. It's hard for me to even think of like what I want because we get so busy with life. We don't go, you know, dream big or think of what we need to work on. We just go with emotions and then we feel like we get nothing done. So I thought it was great. We wrote like some letters to ourselves later on, but it was just good to do a little bit of like self-development type work. And it also like helped with vulnerability, I think with everyone to kind of get to that level playing ground. Cause I'm sure it was hard for some of the girls that come in and like had never touched a cow in their life to the few that, that they're full-time on their operation. So it just kind of reminded everybody we're all humans and got us doing things before we touched cattle. One of the coolest things about the goal setting to me was several of the goals were about relationships, whether it be with kids, parents, um, spouses. And I kept repeating the phrase that said, you know, be the change you want to see. And a lot of them came down to communication or they'd say, I want to have a better marriage. And I was like, that is not a goal. You like you're going to feel like you fail every single day. And so several of the women went home with like really tangible things that they're going to do every day. Like I'm going to text my dad and brother at the end of every single day. This is what I did. This is my priorities for tomorrow. Here's the questions. Do you need anything else of me? And some of them said like, I'm going to start to text my spouse and just be like, hey, you know, I miss you. Can't wait for you to be home. And all of a sudden they're like, that's tangible. Like that's going to take me two minutes, but it's also the change that I hope to see in someone else. And it's really easy to look at an operation, even to look at your own operation and say, wow, we'd be so much further if my dad did X or if my brother started to do this. And, you know, we are only in control of our own actions and our own destiny. And so I love when we set goals, when we break it down to like things that they get to do that actually move the needle, because I think a lot of times in goal setting, it's like, okay, I want to make a million dollars and that's the goal. And I mean, it's hard to say like, how do you take the first step when you don't even know what it is, but you want to make a million dollars. So I love those really tangible pieces that it seemed like everyone came away with. I agree. And they went from feeling like super overwhelmed to a little overwhelmed, but not, you know, with the blank stare on their face, because you told them to write down like their buckets first, and they sat there and they were like, I don't even know, like, where to start. So seeing that, like, you know, the wheels start turning and that confidence grow of like, here's five things, you know, daily non-negotiables you can do in a day, or at the end of the day, you're, you're not going to feel like you didn't get anything done, because you might a little, but you still did those things. So it was just good to focus on how they can get better a little, you know, on themselves every day and improve all aspects of their life outside of just operational things. So I'm big on that though. So that's, I'm all a fan for that work. <laughs> yeah, rather than just business. And so next, if my memory is correct, we practiced um, injecting and ear tagging. So for several attendees, they had never injected anything. They had never held an ear tag gun. They've never branded anything. So we got oranges and teriyaki sauce. I think we were supposed to have food coloring, but I forgot it in Kalispell. And so we were injecting oranges and grapefruit with teriyaki and we were ear tagging banana peels. Yeah. The banana peels did not work super well. So if you're going to look for something to tag, banana peels work for like button tags, but they didn't work for like the Z tags. Um, then we branded cardboard. So that was cool. Also, when they'd like try to put the tag on and we like wouldn't give them any help, but it's hard for me to like sit there and be like, this is how you do it. But if you've never like put tags on different taggers, it's doesn't make a lot of sense until you actually look at it. Loading syringes, seeing how it works with like the auto syringes and then looking at their injections to know like, this is how sub Q goes. This is the IM thing. Because otherwise you just assume, you know, if you have no cattle experience that it's all the same when really there's big differences. 
So it's good to like get them used to like the tools before we went over to here's a cow tag its ear <laughs> type of thing. Cause they would have been like, what you want me to do? They were still like, what? But they at least had, you know, the hand movement down. Yeah. And I think needles, like, you know, yes. just the fact of like putting on needles, capping needles, like if you're not in healthcare and you've never done it before, that can be really intimidating. Right. Yeah. Same with not holding yourselves. Yeah, yes. holding a brand. It's like this item in your hand will leave a mark on you. You have to make sure that you, you know, set it down properly. And I was talking to them about the rocking. And so that kind of eased everyone in. And to be honest, I mean, I think people who had plenty of experience were still doing it too, because it's like a different level. And one of the things one of the attendees said right away is, wow, I don't like that kind of tag. I mean, they were just like, and I said, perfect. Now that you know, this is the type of tag you should buy. If you're 10 times more comfortable with this tag, you don't need to be, you know, and with the number of cows that that operation had, I was like, run with this tag. It's not going to make a financial difference. It's a comfort level. You feel comfortable. This is your tag from here on out. And I think that's great because so often, like if you're coming into cattle and you have no experience, you think there's just one tag and then they can go to, you know, to a farm store and they're going to see all of them. They're going to be like, why is there 10 different options? So I think that was great. And obviously, like, they all were like, I don't like this certain tagger. And I was like, that's fine. I love it myself. You might think I'm crazy, but, you know, those other tags work well for them. Are you a ranch wife, mother, daughter, or solo entrepreneur? Do you sometimes feel like you're walking your path alone? We see you and we are you. Creating a passionate, proactive community of ranch women has been our main goal here at Cattlemen U. We're accepting new members for Cattlemen U membership this June from the 26th through the 29th, with doors opening on June 25th for those on the wait list. The membership is perfect for you or any ranch woman who wants to be a part of the community of movers and shakers. Not only that, but Cattlemen U members get first access to all Cattlemen U in-person events this fall and the summer of 2024. Sign up for the wait list today at cattlemenulive.com backslash join and get 20% off when you become a member. Then we took a tour of the backgrounding lot and it's interesting because it's like our everyday reality, but even for you, it looks so different than anything you see in the Midwest. Right. I was most excited about this. I think personally, just because one, I love seeing how different operations and agriculture work because the environment factors, all of that. But even like talking about how like the money you guys have put into that place versus the money we paid for one barn, it's crazy what you did for the same amount of money versus that. Um, So that was an eye opener and seeing the hot fence feeding on the ground, because I've always heard you do this and then actually seeing it and seeing the pens you build and how it just works there in the environment and the cattle you have around. That was my favorite part. And then we just drove around two pickups. Caroline had the speakerphone on talked about all the things, pointed at stuff. We laughed. We asked questions, got to tour before we ever did anything. So I thought it was great because everyone kind of had like a good layout of the place before we even got back to doing the work. So that was cool. The electric fence thing, mind boggling. I wish it would work for us if we didn't have corn everywhere. Yeah, right. We do not have corn. And the thing too that I kept telling them is like, this place is your oyster. If you see something, you want to try it. We have cattle here. We're going to try it. And I really wanted to make sure that they felt really comfortable in requesting things, which they did. And we added things all the time to really fit what they you know, wanted to solidify and the skills that they wanted to learn. But I really wanted to provide the opportunity to be like, here is all of the cattle we have available we can work and we can try and we can test things. And it was even interesting because we did Ranch Olympics on the last day, which we'll talk about. But I took the other group, so whoever wasn't competing in Ranch Olympics, and we went and looked at the feed. And even just the intelligence of the questions, the more they felt comfortable, the more they felt comfortable asking. And maybe it's not intelligence, but you know what I mean. It was like, we got to be a little bit deeper. The more that they felt comfortable in the operation, the more the questions came and the things that they really wanted to know. And they started to ask those things. They weren't afraid to speak up and say like, I want to do more of this. If we would have branded, I think the very first day, I don't think as many of us would have been like, I want to set more ropes. You know, like that was my thing. I would have never been like, I mean, maybe I would have because I'm an eight. But a few of the girls were like, I want to do that like five more times. 
I don't think they would have done that the first day. So I love how we kind of like eased into it. And by the time we got to the last day, it was very specific things that they didn't realize they wanted to like actually learn and they were doing it. Or there was things that we couldn't necessarily like do, but we were asking those questions, you know, about like cedars and breeding protocols and stuff. They got comfortable and realized that Caroline will literally answer pretty much any question and anybody there really would. So it was great just to be able to bounce ideas off of one another. And I think that was something that will continue to, you know, if they have a question, they're going to pop a message in or ask somebody, reach out in the group chat we have and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So that wrapped up that next day. And then, so this would have been the second full day of camp, but the third day in Montana, how did that day start? So we had a vet come and hang out with us the entire day and one, she was a woman. So that was great because it was obviously level playing ground. Not that there's like an issue, you know, being around guys because your brother was there in the VQA guy as well, but she was obviously like closer. She's younger. She's in the world of veterinary medicine and literally would answer any question we had or any question your brother had and showed us things. And it was just like one of the chillest people I've probably ever been around. So she walked us through. I mean, we went to the ranch and drew on Holsteins of where you give vaccinations and, you know, all kinds of different things and went through meds you should have on hand to vaccination protocols a little bit with the basics just to give like a good understanding whether you do the, you know, the animal care, veterinary medicine type of stuff on your operation or you have no idea what you have to have on hand. So I love that she was like, here's the bare minimum of meds that she grabbed from the ranch room that you should have. And then here's the extras. Cause I thought that was great. I don't think that's something that a lot of people know unless they have a good relationship with their vet to be like, this is, you know, what we should have. And then we actually practiced like doing some of this stuff with some whole scenes. So that was fun. Yeah. We practiced running the shoot. Lots oh, of yeah. practice about that. And then we worked the whole scenes. And we preg checked. So we had a yearling heifer that was pregnant. So everyone got to feel what a pregnancy feels like. And then we had a cow that was open. So everyone got to glove up and see the difference. And then we happened to have a cow that has a big ovarian cyst. And so we got to go through and feel what that was like and the difference between the three of them. And one of the really cool things I think about Kelly, the vet, is Several of the women had said to me, like, I want to learn the vet stuff so we don't have to hire our vet as much. And I don't want you to hear that as in we don't want to pay a vet because we were very clear. Vets are so important. But several of them said our vet lives a couple hours away. And even Kelly said her territory, she's a mobile vet, is over 100 miles. And so we're at this reality with large animal vets that we just don't have as much room and they, we don't have the same availability. And she was very clear. She's like, I want my clients to be v- knowledgeable, to know how to start IVs, to be able to start things before I get there, and to really work with her in more of a mentorship consulting because she's like, I can't be there all the time. It's a long drive. Even if I leave the moment they call, you know, I'm still an hour and a half out probably at the fastest. And so I really like that mentality because I do think that, I mean, large animal vets, right? They're a decreasing population and we have to figure out the right way to work with vets. And she was very open to every relationship and kept saying, you know, you need to have a vet out once a year. Here's how you can call the vet. And so, I mean, she brought so much to the camp. It was great. And she was in the trenches with us, like doing the things like she'd show us. Then she was like, now it's your turn. It wasn't just like, here's what you should do. She was like, I'm going to help you be two inches from you as you're tailing calves, as you're veining. Um, Like we were drawing blood and most people had never done that. So like watching them figure that out, because it's it's nerve wracking. You're not going to actually do anything that's going to harm them when you draw blood. But for some people, it's terrifying to do that. And then we did a ranch Olympics on the last day, which I'm skipping ahead. And Everyone on my team, they were quicker than I was. And I draw blood all the time. I was like, this is incredible. I feel like I suck. I don't suck. But they crushed it. It was like instant. So just things like that, you know, and having that confidence if their vet is like, hey, I'm going to be there in an hour. Can you give them this medication IV? A lot of people are going to be like, um, I can try, but I don't know how. Things like that. And just walking through that with a vet that was very open to answering questions. She was great. I loved yeah. her. Everyone learned how to vein cattle. And so both in the tailhead and in the neck. 
And that is something we did in Rant Olympics because several people had said, I want a little bit more practice on that. And then the other thing that we did is mouth cattle, which it seems like an interesting thing to do, but unless you actually do it, it's easy to say, oh yeah, you can just look in their mouth and see how old they are. But she like taught people exactly how to open the mouth, exactly how to count the teeth, exactly what to look for. And for several of the attendees, they're going to be buying cattle. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to be buying cows from someone, they're going to be buying stalkers. And so to be able to know and to check the age and really hold this accountability and not be taken advantage of was something that I think they all are going to take away and be able to say, like, you told me these were five-year-old cows, but they're actually eight. Right. There's a big difference. And I talked about that with one of them. Um, we were in the vehicle together. I was like, now that you know how to age cows, I was like, I know somebody that bought cows and they're supposed to be like second calvers and they had no, no knowledge. And they ended up with like 12 year old cows that did not make it a full year. So I was like, now, you know, like, yes, you can get them to your place, but if they're in a head gate, you can check easy peasy. I was like, and you know, you could Google a picture, figure it out, but you know how to properly do it, that they're not going to accidentally get like smacked or anything bad or, you know, they bite you. <laughs> it's not fun. I thought that was great because if you didn't have that knowledge, you're going to think, hey, they have all their teeth. They're a certain age. When in reality, they have two adult teeth and that's it. So a lot of them are, you know, mind boggled that they do have all their teeth when they're younger. They just fall out like humans. So they were like, oh, that correlation is cool. So I thought that was something that to me, I was like, yeah, it's it's common knowledge because I've always done it. Because if we buy cattle, I'm like, I don't want to make sure I'm not, you know, getting taken advantage of. But for a lot of them, I love that it's that like confidence when they go into buy cattle. They know themselves versus trusting someone else or the sale barn type of thing, which sale barns are pretty accurate, but you never know. So. Yeah. And then we processed the whole stain. So they got to practice everything that they would be practicing at kind of the grand finale, which was when we worked grass calves. And they really got to like stick the the gun, the drench, whatever. Yeah. That's <laughs> the oral drench gun, whatever you call yeah. it. And the look. Yeah, they got to ear tag for the first time. Um, So several just like it was very slow. The cattle were in the shoot for a long time, which was the goal. And everyone got to see and make sure that they felt comfortable with each stage of it. That kind of really opened their eyes to what it's like to process cattle. Right, because it's one thing to see it or to be, you know, on the back end. A lot of them said that they only would do shots or they would you know, do the back end, pushing them up to the person, you know, putting them in the chute or just pushing them through the alleyway or they would show up and watch because they had not done that. And I think the one thing that they struggled with the most was running the hydraulic chute. I definitely, it was like, oh, it won't be that bad, which it's a different hydraulic chute than I have and the controls are up high. But a lot of them were either like, I would say most have had a love-hate relationship with it because they like feel super confident and then they'd like miss one or like hit it the wrong way and they just get so frustrated but I was like this is the place to practice will you have be perfect to run everybody's hydraulic chute no but you also realize that hydraulic chutes are there you know for a reason and there's other options so I feel like if they can run the one you guys have they could probably run almost any chute just because it does have the higher controls and stuff but yeah and several of them said like I don't love running the chute but I can Mm -hmm. run the chute like I could run the chute and process our cows no problem Right. And I mean, I told him, I was like, there's lots of shoots out there. You can get a self-catch, you can have a manual, but now you know, like, this is what a big old hydraulic that's been converted is like. And this is why it's beneficial because can you imagine if they all had to manually catch like 30 some calves, they would have been sick of it. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So that wraps up that day. Pretty much. We went back and had dinner and then the next day we had BQA to start. And in our ideal world, we were hoping that BQA would have been at the very beginning, but just with the, how the schedule worked and everything, we had BQA that morning. And I've been through BQA, but it was such a good refresher. It is so important. And it was really great because what the what Kelly said when she was teaching us about the triangle and everything just was like reinforced during BQA. And there was a lot going on. And so I think just having that was really important. And also they all got certified. So if they are going to go sell, you know, at the sale barn, if they have, I think that's a like nationwide thing. You get the extra BQA certification if you're selling stuff, anything like that. If they need it down the road, they have it. And I mean, it's just great knowledge to have. Yes, it seems redundant. Some of us that have, whether you love BQA or not, it's good. It's good knowledge to have. And they have that basis of, yes, BQA is a thing. I should redo it every three years. And there's things in there that were just great to talk about that we didn't cover necessarily either, you know. 
Yeah. And then in the afternoon, what's the best part? Probably your favorite part. Yeah. So we went and actually branded calves. And for those of you that don't know, I'm from like the land of non-branding cattle. So Carolyn's like mind boggled over here, but we don't have to brand anything. We freeze brand our horses by choice, but you know, my husband has gone to brandings before because he's from South Dakota. He'll go do that. But I had never physically branded an actual calf. I branded a cowhide at my wedding. That's all I've done. So that was fun for me. It's a little nerve wracking because I didn't want to like mess up the brand. Obviously, they're important out there. Um, and then actually like setting ropes. So my husband does rope. If there's a calf out, he gets the call. And normally I'm just like the drive the trailer to him person because I don't know how to safely set ropes. So for me, you know, going into this, I didn't I knew I knew most of it. Right. So for me, I was like, this is fun. I told Carolyn, I was like, I need to keep doing this because I want to know like how to actually be a hand for my husband or go to brandings and not feel, you know, like inferior or dumb because I struggle with that. So being able to do that and figure out how to set ropes, I loved that. It was also like super ranchy feeling instead of like the farm feeling that I get. And it was fun. Plus some of the girls like got down and dirty and were cutting bull calves. And that was something I did not expect from a few of them on day one. I was like, there's no way they will go cut a bull calf. And they were doing it just fine. It was really cool to see. Um, And then your dad also showed us some of his uh, working dogs, which I think is also incredible. Watching them work is fantastic. But that was probably my favorite day. Watching everyone work calves the next day was cool. But branding day was that was it for me. Yeah, and so we head and heel brand, and my brother got a little crew together and sorted off some of the commercial older calves, and my brother played such an integral part of ranch camp, and I'm not sure like we can even say how important he was and how like incredible his teaching and his patience was, but it was really cool to see him kind of adjust because the very first calf was really quick. And I went over to him and I was like, okay, you got to slow things down a little bit. Girls like they've never sat on a calf. They've never, you know, done any of that. And so I was like, we got to go a little slower. And he did such a great job. So we had people horseback roping and then um, the ranch camp attendees would throw the calf down. They would set the ropes Um, And then if it was a bull calf, we were cutting it and then we were branding, giving vaccinations and it was a well-oiled machine by the end. So they caught two at one time at the very end. I don't know if that was on purpose, but the ranch camp just split and it was like completely handled everything done right in a really good time. And so it was really fun to start to see what they've learned and branding was a little different than we we branded the Holsteins in the shoot, but this was like on the ground they were wet because of the rain. And so it was definitely more real life. And it was like putting all of the practice so far into work, but in a little safer environment than the speed that we work the grass calves. And then several of them said, we want to try to set ropes a couple more times. So my brother went and roped a couple more and just walked everyone through setting ropes. And I'm 100% confident that every single person that was at ranch camp could go to a branding and set ropes. Absolutely. That was the biggest thing. If anyone asked me, that is what I learned. Obviously, like I was there to help women, but for me to actually feel super confident, like I walked up to you and I was like, I actually feel like a hand now. And I'm pretty handy around a shoot or sorting and stuff. But if there's ropes involved, I have no idea what I'm doing. So one, knowing how to safely do it is huge. Um, I remember like they were teaching us to like sit a certain way, like kneeling on the calf. And I was like, can I like straddle the calf? And they're like, absolutely. So I figured out like positioning with my body that I can maximize my leg strength and my arms. That works for me. And I'm super comfortable with that. It was like second nature now, like in my head, I can walk myself through the process now. So that was great. And just seeing like the girls, like I have a video of two of them just laying a calf on its side. Like they just have done it 150 times. It was great to see. And then we were in the round pen at the end, but your brother is a great teacher. As much as he was like, I'm not a good teacher. You were, he's a great teacher. So I hope he listens to this, but he is just great. It was awesome to work with him. Yeah. He, I mean, integral part of ranch camp. We can't do it without him um, or my dad. And, and I love watching my dad work his dogs and obviously, um, you know, which I've talked a little bit on the podcast, but I think with his health struggles, his dogs have been even more important And just with labor, I mean, obviously in agriculture, labor is hard to come by. And my dad just loves those dogs and he loves to show what he can do with them. And I also think that it gives the women who came to ranch camp another solution. So like maybe your spouse is not on the operation. Like, can you substitute with a dog? Like, can you get a right hand man that's 
a dog versus finding someone who's willing to work with you. And so that was really cool. And then we ended the day in White Sulphur Springs at the Hot Springs and eating pizza, which we all needed a little late night snack. But we wanted to have kind of a, an evening to relax. And several women, they started to say they weren't sore. But I could tell by just standing on concrete in the processing shed, throwing down calves, like it was a nice little reprieve from the work we've been doing. Are you the type of person that likes to write everything down? We've created the Calvin U Planner for ranch wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking for the perfect place to capture all of their thoughts throughout the year. Our planner is packed full of tools to help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Don't worry about the year already starting. We've included blank calendar pages so you can start when you're ready. Grab yours today at cattlemanulives.com backslash planner. Even like just like the bonding we did, like there's like a little sisterhood now, like you're talking about like a reunion and stuff and the conversations we had. Um, we also got to drive by the summer pasture, which I thought was great. And you talked about that um, where the cows and some of the yearlings, I think, go. But yeah, pizza and hanging out in the sulfur sp- the springs, hot springs, whatever you call them. I loved working with cattle. I loved seeing the things, but being able to, c- to connect and chat about all kinds of crazy life things together, that really was icing on the cake before we got to the fun of the next day. Yeah. And the next day was really where I said, okay, now we have to do it. We've put it all together. So we got to the ranch and we had ranch Olympics, which we need to announce the winners because I'm sure several people are um, still (laughs) hanging on wondering who won. But my brother was the scorekeeper at ranch Olympics and I can't decipher what his notepad looks like because I got a picture of it. So I have to actually ask him which team won. But we separated the girls into two teams and they had to go down, sort off their Holstein. So each team had three Holsteins and then run them through the bud box into the chute. You had to vein them right in the neck and the tail head and mouth them. And then we had to run them out and load them in a trailer, a.k.a. the scale. Yep. And they each had to do that. So it wasn't like one person that's good at veining has to do it. It was one person has to vein the first one and to the tail head. Person two does a second one. Person three does a third. So we all had to like do the things. That's why when I'm telling you, like both girls on my team veined cattle faster than I did. I was like, this camp's amazing. Come on. Like, granted, I haven't done it for about two months, but that's like they'd never done that and they crushed it. So, and I guess the other team did pretty well too. So we really wanted to. Yeah, allow everyone to get a try at every position, but also add a little bit of like time because we had been really no time pressure at all. And I think part of what makes people really valuable on operations is that they understand when to be fast and when to be right and when to do it exactly. And that's one thing that my brother and the vet talked a lot about is like, here is the best way to do it. Here is the second way that might be more economical and might fit depending on how many people you have, what your setup looks like, you know, all of that. And so I really wanted to show them like at some time we work fast and when we're doing, you know, when we're trying to get kettle worked, but we do it right and it doesn't always have to be fast. And, and so I really wanted to apply that, but everyone caught, you know, you had to catch one in the shoot, you had a vein one, you had a mouth one and you had to draw blood. And Every single person had to do that in order for the team to be finished, which it did add a little teamwork element, which I was not in there because I had the other group who wasn't competing. But I heard there was a lot of, you know, cheering each other on, answering questions, a lot of encouragement, which I think we have to do in operations as well. And sometimes we forget that. It's like we got to work these kettle, but words of affirmation go a long ways. Absolutely. I mean, there was 100% support in our team. I was only on the one team, so I can't speak for the other team, but it sounds like they were supportive of each other. Because, I mean, when the first girl on our team, like, veined the cattle automatically, it was like instant, instant blood flow. I was like, okay, you are a rock star, like, full on. And then we moved to the second one and the same story. And the third one, I like, took longer. And I was like, well, you guys probably feel incredible now. So it was fun. It's good, a little competition. And there's definitely some girls that are 
very competitive that I've probably asked like 10 times now for the results. Yeah, we, um, I need to share them. So this <laughs> podcast will hold me accountable. I will make sure to share them before this goes live this week. And then we worked grass caps. So my brother had well over 100 sorted off, somewhere in the 140, 150 range. And the plan was to work 200, but he was just filling based on what was in that pen. And so we just kind of went until we were out of cattle. And every single person ran the shoot. I mean, probably about 30 head each. Every person sorted and ran the bud box. Every person branded. Every person gave shots. And every person put in fly tags. And it was a well-oiled machine. It was amazing. I'll never forget one of the attendees who has had less kettle handling experience was the only person who didn't miss one in the hydraulic shoot. So I was like, you a rock star. What is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> working in the grass calves to like solidified that this camp was exactly what a lot of these women needed because the confidence they had, like they were just like quick automatic. Cause I was implanting. So I like, like front row view to everything and I would be done and I just like watch. And it was incredible. Like it was people, I felt like they had done this all day and we were like 700 cattle in. It was just, you know, we'd have our slip ups here and there, but there was no like oh shoot, like that's not a good thing to do. It was like, hey, let's get the next one type of situation. It was great. And my brother just watched and gave encouragement. And really, he he was like, I wasn't critiquing. I was mostly just refining. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important because what we wanted to get through was you can do it. You can make a mistake. But the goal is we have to process all of these. So like if you let one out, like we can't stop the whole operation. We got to like adapt and adjust and rebound and come back. But it was amazing what 25 or 30 head in each position. By the end, several of them were like, I want to go sort more kettle. Like I I love the bud box. I called my husband. I called my dad. We're putting in a bud box. Like it gave them the opportunity to really find where their sweet spot is. And that's one thing my brother kept talking about is he was like, we have to have women on on operations. One, they have better intuition. My brother talks about his wife and says she has better intuition, but she'll never be as strong as me. And he's like, I would be an idiot if I did not use her skills to the best of her ability. And just hearing him say that to women and hearing him observe the bud box was a little bit miserable because it poured rain. I mean, hardcore. You guys will see some videos, hardcore raining. And I mean, I'm out there and I had, I did the bud box in one of the turns. And I mean, just soaking everything. My pants were covered. It was soup. And he just was out there observing, making sure, I mean, no one got hurt. It was really incredible, but he was like, they've got to learn and that's why they're here. And so that really solidified. I mean, everything we learned came together right then. And it reminded them that like, it's never going to be the perfect day to do it, but you got to do it because we were under a roof inside. So it was just <laughs> whenever they had their turn to be outside, they were soaked and getting splattered. The one girl, she had like manure and mud in her ear and like in her eye, but they were all laughing, having a good time. I mean, they weren't like, I hate my life. They were just they were like, well, I'm going to get full of manure here. And it was just comical. And everyone was laughing and having a good time. It was great. Yeah. Best time ever working cattle. The confidence was so high after that. I mean, everyone felt that they could do whatever it takes to be a hand and to have an asset. And several of them said, I could go to the neighbors and I'm going to be valuable. Like right. I know enough to be valuable. They went from very minimal experience to feeling confident in literally almost every single row. And they learned which ones they don't want to do based on their personality and what they like don't you know love. But they know how to do everything now. Yeah. Most people actually know how to vein cattle. Not a lot of producers. Yeah, all of them now. They all know. They can save themselves a $100 vet trip to, you know, draw blood. They can just go drop it off their vet clinic if they need to. Like, and they're to cut calves. You can save themselves $150 there. Yeah, it, it was really cool. So then that night, working grass calves took us, I mean, t- takes a while, right? Running them through, making sure everything's done. So then we went back and had dinner and then just had some more community bonding and building time. And then everyone left the next day. And in some sense, it was like the perfect amount of time. In other sense, it was like we probably could have spent another week together and everyone still would have loved it. And so it just, it really showed that like in four days, no matter your experience level, like you will leave ranch camp feeling more confident, knowing how to do new skills. And also with this community of women who are like 
willing to learn and willing to be uncomfortable, which I think is such an important asset. Right. And if it would have been like in the group chat, sending each other like little things that aren't even related to like ranch camp. Like I was looking for Celsius drinks and all the girls have been like, oh my gosh, I found this. So one, the confidence, but two, they have people to lean into and ask questions and connect with because the agriculture community can be very exhausting. It's also so mental health month. So I told every single one of them, I was like, if you're having a hard day, you have questions, you don't be afraid to reach out. Having that support system and somebody to actually communicate with that gets it, that itself is an incredible value that you have after ranch camp as well. It was so fun. We're so excited for July. So what do you think are your two biggest takeaways, either things you observed or things you saw as far as why ranch camp worked and why women loved it? Well, I would say just watching the confidence shift. I, you know, being there, I was like, these women are very unsure of themselves and they were very anxious. They didn't want to hurt the animals, you know, to at the branding, watching two of them in particular, like they would grab the vaccination guns before anybody was even like near it. And they were on their way to the calf for the moment it hit the ground. It was like, bam, like they had done it for years. So for me, that was like, I was getting distracted, missing my role because I was like, this is amazing. And just watching them also open up to ask you more in-depth questions about different things. That's probably my my two things is the confidence in doing the things and then the confidence to ask the things they were wondering about. Even if it wasn't stuff we were necessarily doing, they can continue to do that. They can say, hey, Caroline, I have this question. Can you give me an answer? Or it's like cattle marketing stuff. But those two things, I mean, there's many things. I still haven't come up with like my after post yet because there's I don't have words yet. Yeah. My, I think my favorite was they would come in, you know, we would go back to the cabins and then they would come in for dinner and they would say, okay, I called my dad or I called my husband. Yes. I now told them we're going to do X when I get home. Like I'm confident enough. I learned this. We can do it. We don't need to find neighbors. We don't need to hire the vet. Like let's do it. And that was really fun because it, it's one thing to be confident with your peers who you're learning with. It's another thing to call home and be confident there. And so I loved that where they would come in and they'd say, okay, I called them. We're doing this. I feel comfortable. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I was like, okay, we're going to take what we learned here. You're such an asset to any agriculture community. Not like they weren't before, but I feel like they now feel like they could show up at a branding and they're not just going to be standing on the sidelines. Like they're going to be actively involved. They're going to show up to process cattle. Like they're going to say, what role do I have? Do you want me to run the shoot? Do you want me to give shots? Do you want me to work the bud box? So that was really cool for me. And then how many of them said, now I want to learn it with my spouse? Yes, a lot of them want to. And they, they're open to having those conversations about like what they learned to with their spouse or with their dad, whatever it is, to change things. Like I talked to a few of the girls about stuff they want to implement or things they want to modify. So they learn the things, but they also were like, this is what I'm going to do when I get home. And that's huge. It's one thing to just like learn the things, you know, whatever. It's another thing to say, this is what's going to happen when I'm going home. Like the girl that was going to say, I'm going to go cut our caps as soon as we get home. I'm going to tell my dad about we're going to, you know, change our gating this way. That's huge. It's the action steps afterwards. That just comes with hands-on learning and doing it and being uncomfortable and taking risks. And we saw all of that happen. Right. How many times can you go rope a calf again just because you want to practice tying it down? That's not something you would do <laughs> with your own cattle because you'd be like, oh, I don't have time for that. We were like, can we do it again? And your brother was like, absolutely. Just because that's where you get to practice. You know, I would never get the opportunity to do that until it's an opportunity where I need to know what I'm doing or I'm going to get hurt. And I really, I mean, my dad and brother were just incredible assets. And A lot of people said, is it going to be all women teachers? And I said, no, you know, it's my dad and brother's domain. I mean, I'm in the marketing side, more on the business side of our operation. Obviously, I own cattle, but I was like, they're going to be there. And I can promise you, like the way that we were raised, there's not going to be yelling. My brother is going to jump in if one's getting choked or something and have to save it. But they will let us learn because they realize the asset and the importance of people who are knowledgeable enough to not get hurt and people who want to be involved in the industry. And it just time and time again, I can't thank my dad and brother enough. I'm sure they won't listen to the podcast, but I really think that it would not have been the same experience without them. And the fact that they were willing to one, we bought some cattle specifically for ranch camp, which was really fun, but also that they were willing to 
teach, which is a little out of their comfort zone, right? I mean, my dad's a cattle buyer and my brother's a manager of our backgrounding law and our yearling operation. And they still, I mean, they did an incredible job. And I think they made everyone feel really comfortable and really confident in going home and being able to say like, hey, we can work cattle without yelling. Like we can work cattle and understand mistakes are going to happen and it can all be okay. Absolutely. It was great. It was way better. Like I went into it knowing it was going to be good, but it was great. Even with the hiccups in the road. That's going to happen when we have it. (laughs) Absolutely. It was really fun. And we have some planned for 2024. So applications are going to open in June. And we're thinking about doing one in the fall when we start to receive kettle um, out of the sale barn. So some high risk calves. So if you're listening to this and you have any interest in ranch camp, reach out to us on social media or send us an email. And if you would be interested in an October one, please speak now or forever hold your peace because I get to convince the team that we should do another one in October. And so I would love if you guys think that's a good idea to let us know so that we can get that on the calendar and get that planned. This next year is going to be application. And so we'll open applications in June and then we will decide who gets in to ranch camp right at the end of the Kettle Menu, when the Kettle Menu membership launches again. We're really excited to, one, we have a whole new group coming in July, but then um, be able to connect with the women a whole, you know, either six months or a year before they come to ranch camp. That's one thing we're really excited about. I love that. I'm excited for the next group. Yeah. I'm honestly a little jealous because it was so much fun to watch. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> I might just come back, just secretly show up. I know where I'm going now. So. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming. You were such an incredible part of Ranch Camp. It was really cool for me to be able to watch you learn and try some things that you've never done, but also refine some skills. And I think see the the different ways that kettle can be worked and all of that. And I know you're going to take ideas and run with it. And so I appreciate you coming. The K-Rose team loves you and um, they would like you to come back in July. Oh, heck yeah. As long as it's not hot, I will. I'll survive. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully no like massive downpour like we had this time. So. I mean, if it rains when it's hot out, at least it's not as hot. Right. Absolutely. Before we wrap up quick, can you tell everyone where to find you online? Absolutely. If you look up that fit advocate, you will find my website, you will find my social media platforms. I mainly hang out on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok's a little more of like the fun side of me. Instagram stories is also the fun side of me. Um, And I'm also on YouTube. So if you like longer form content, check it out. And then my website is just thatfitadvocate.com. Sounds great. Thank you so much for being here and spending the week with us. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.